theyeshiva.net. Page nun hey in this maim of Yadaita, the paragraph will be Atta. Even though he goes off now to a new theme, but he's still, as we'll see, developing what we have been learning about. Mayato. Sarich lav and shaykhis inyan via daita chuli ki ahavaya hua lakimli itzias mitzrayim u knisas aritz. Shade itzias mitzrayim u knisas aritz yavili diazu davaya velakim kulachad. Right in the beginning of this maimer, when he addressed this posik, that Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, via daita hayoim, you should know today and bring it to your heart that Hashem is alakim. So the psukim that precede this deal with itzias mitzrayim. And, and leaving Egypt and entering into the land. And that's when he says, So he wanted to understand what was precisely the connection between the two. So we explained at length the concept of Havaya and Alekim and Havayahu Alekim. What's the connection to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Knesset Aretz? It says in the Sefer Priyetz Chaim. Priyetz Chaim is one of the main works of the Arizal that was transcribed like most of his Torah through his primary disciple, Reb Chaim Vital. So in the Sefer Priyetz Chaim, Peyayin Ches, the Rizal teaches the following idea. The Yisrael, Shehoyu B'Shibud Mitzrayim, Hoyu Gilgulei HaNeshamaz Shalder HaFlaga. The Jewish people who were in the subjugation of Egypt, in the Gullus of Egypt, their souls were reincarnations of souls that were already in the world once. And those were the souls of the Der HaFlaga. The Der HaFlaga, the generation, HaFlaga means division. Like Plag, right, is half. Plag Gufa, half. Palga Shali, Palga Shaloch. HaFlaga means division. Because the Torah says that in that generation, Bayam of Nifliga Haaretz, the earth fragmented, it split. What's the story in Parshas Noyach? It's one of those stories that are, uh, the stories in Chumash are pretty cryptic. But that story in particular, it's not even clear what uh, what happened, what was wrong. People came together, and they decided they want to build a city, and they want to build a tower, and uh, they were afraid they're going to be scattered around. They want to make a name for themselves, Vinasa Lanushay. So Hashem came down, and he saw that it might be successful. And he said, let's go, Hava, let's go and uh, scatter them. So Darizal says that the Jews in the Egyptian Shibut, subjugation, their souls were once down here in that generation of Haflog. It says Mitzrayim that Paris and the Egyptians subjugated them. Choymer is um, mortar, mortar, and levenim are bricks. And the part of the bricks were a major part of Golos Mitzrayim. You see at the end of Shmois, when Moshe comes to visit Parai, and he wants to take revenge, he increases the burden on the slaves, and the main way it's expressed is that they have to now gather their own straw they make bricks, they would take mud and put in straw and then put it in a mold and then bake it either in the sun or in the furnace. In Egypt, you could bake it in the sun. And that's how you made bricks. So usually the Egyptian regime would provide the straw, but now 
Pari said they have to go again. The koishish kash l'tevin tichba davoida la noyin la noshim umaskoines halavenim titano the same quota of bricks every day. So the Rizal says it says by the Dora Flaga that they figured out how to make bricks, but tehilahem halavena laevin. They figured out that you don't only have to build with stone. You could make a brick. This was a tremendous uh, innovation in, 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 in human, in, in a progress in, in to build human civilization. Something that we uh, benefit from literally till today. It's one of the things, bricks is still a major component of, of life. So the Arizal says that was the connection. Because it's in the Shamas of the Dirt Haflaga, the Tikkun for the Vatihilahem Alevein Alevein was Chaymer Alevein. As is usual in the writings of Kabbalah, it's very coded, very mystical, it's a marshal. And uh, it needs to be decoded and deciphered and explained. What's the connection? Evan, Evan, bricks, bricks. So for this one has to understand deeper what exactly happened by the generation of Haflaga building this tower. All the Mepharshim struggle with it. Because explicitly in the Chumash it doesn't say what was the sin. By the Mabel, it says clearly, there was corruption, there was there was absolutely a complete breakdown of civilization. Cain, who comes to Cain, says he killed heaven. The Eitzadas, at least as God said, don't eat from the tree, they ate from the tree. Here, on the other hand, when you look at it, it says on the contrary. That at that period in time, so they were all speaking Safa Achas, one language, Udvarim Achadim, unifying words, and they said, Come, let's gather together and let's build a city and a tower, which seems like a wonderful display of Achdos. Am Echad, what else could you want? One language, Esperanto. Yeah? You know about the guy who made Esperanto? He wanted everybody to be able to speak one language. Udvarim Achadim. So Take Chazal say, Dvarim Achadim is not so poshet. Rashi brings two, three, huh? No. Okay, so. Rashi brings three interpretations. What Dvarim Achadim means. But it's, it's, it's difficult to understand. What was the chet of Deir Aflag? The Hinei, Taichas, Haflaga, Huloshim, Plukta, Machlaikas. As we said, the word Haflaga, in, throughout Gemari, you always have the word Plukta. Pligi. Every few, every page, every few lines. Pligi. Pligi Baravur Shmuel, Nifligubah. Ovi Machlaikas is called a plukta. Plukta means a split. Plag has half. Plukta means there's a split. In other words, there's two halves because there's two separate sides. It's not cohesive. There's two different perspectives. Machlaikas, a dispute. Why is this the name? In Taita, in Taita, whenever you give something a name, it's not Stam, you found up some name. The name expresses the theme. Dair haflug, it doesn't seem to be the theme. It's the consequence that Hashem said, let me put them, let me separate them so they can't plant together. But we call them Dair haflugger, means that the haflugger represents the issue. Not only the consequence, but what they did. Or in the words of the Mishnah, schar avera, avera. From the schar of the avera, meaning the consequence, you can understand the avera, just like schar mitzvah mitzvah. So he says, "Vahainu she fligu vehifridu ben shem havayel shem alikim." Dor haflaga represents a consciousness in which there is a split haflaga.
between two things, between Havaya, Yud Kevofke, and Alukya. Which means the exact contrary of Hashavos Alevavecha, Ki Hashem, Hu Halukya. There was a flog. What's the meaning of this? The Inyan period, the concept of this period, of this Plukta, this Machloikas, they created a Machloikas where there's not supposed to be a Machloikas. The biggest Machloikas, as we will see, is the machlekes that you create between Avaya and Alekim. There's no bigger machlekes than that. <laughs> All the machlekes that we know about, or we heard about, or we used to, are all results. They're just little uh, reflections and continuations and manifestations, bizarre rampant in miniature form, of the biggest machlekes of all. And the biggest plukta, the biggest machlekes of all is Havaya and Alekim. Now, there's a reason you could make a machloikas between them. It's two separate names, l'choyre, right? Yud kevovke is yud and a hey and a vov and a hey. Elikim is aleph, lamed, hey, yud, men. And not just the letters, it's the representations. And that was the, the error, that was the sin, which every sin is essentially an error. It's, it's an error of consciousness. It's a deviation from reality. The word avera means to deviate, to pass over. To pass over what? To pass over... Reality, and as a result, this machloikas came out. The machloikas is not that they're in a fight, like we would say they're not talking to each other, but in many ways, yes, they're not talking to each other. Meaning, elikim obstructs the reality of avaya. It really blocks it. It really conceals it. So Shem Elikim is master chas v'shalom be'emes al Shem Avay. Now as we shall see, and as we have seen already, this chet of the Deira Flaga doesn't belong to one generation. Like all of the stories of Sefer Bereshis, they are, um, uh, what are they called, archetypes. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're paradigms, they're yisoides that repre- will, rep- will represent the story of civilization. The Medrash Rabbah and Bereshis gives a few reasons why Cain killed Hevel. Because it doesn't say clearly in Chumash why Cain killed Hevel. We, uh, we infer from the story that he was jealous because Hashem didn't accept the carbon. It doesn't say clearly that's why he killed him. So the Medrash Rabbah says there's three reasons he killed him, three possible reasons, three different interpretations. One is, Rashi brings it, because Hevel was born with an extra sister, and Cain wanted her. And Hevel said, no, she's my twin. So he killed him. So he basically killed him for love. The second interpretation is, they got into a fight where the Beis Hamikdash should be. Cain said, by me, and Hevel said, by me. So he killed him. In other words, he killed him because of religion. The third interpretation in Medrash is, that Cain and Hevel had the world for themselves. So they split up. Cain became, as it says, Hevel became the Royal son, the shepherd, and Cain became the farmer. How did that work? Cain, the split up was Cain gets all the real estate, the karka, the earth, and Hevel gets all of the mobile, all the mobile uh, uh, items that exist in the world. So Cain tells Hevel, Get off my property. You're standing on the ground. Get off my property. He says, what do you want? I should fly? Get off my property. He kills him. 
In other words, the death, the violence was because of territorial disputes. So what is the Medrash trying to say? Every single war in history is one either love or religion, God. How do you interpret God? Right? You can ask ISIS. Ask Christian fundamentalism what the problem with Jews was for all these years. Or territory. Or all three, or two to th- two and three, etc. But that's basically it. In other words, these are not, it's not Cain murdered Hevel. It happened a few hours after creation, or a few days, however you interpret the timeline. But the point is that these are archetypes of things that will plague, that we have to confront constantly. And it's, of course, sibling rivalry. It's one brother towards another brother. It's not strangers. Family rivalry is always the juiciest and the worst. So when we speak about Dirt Haflaga, similarly, it's a hate of a generation, but it represents a certain state of consciousness. In each person, you have the concept of the Dirt Haflaga. So what is this, he says? That Shema Lekim is really mastered on Shema Avai. In other words, there's a machlaikas. You can't have it two ways. Either you're going to go into Yud Kevavke, or you're going to go into Lekim. But there's no, what does a machlekes mean? A machlekes means, you know, they say, take sides. You got to take sides. says, How long are you going to sit on the fence? It's not one chasana, it's two chasanas. And if it's two chasanas, you have to decide. You're going here, or you're going there. So if Elikim is really mastered on Shema Vaya, so there's a real plukta, there's a real division. Either you're in this reality, or you're in this reality. And it's intuit- it, it seems almost intuitively that way. Havaya and Alekim are two, not different realities, but opposite realities. Why is it looked at as a set, though? If that was the nature, and that's the- I was trying to bavod in this question before it's asked. That when we say chet, aveda, all these things, it comes back to how we define these words. The word hate in Lashon Kaidish doesn't mean a sin. That's, a, that's King James Version translation. I mean, it came to be known as a sin. That's not, it's not a wrong translation. But it is a wrong translation. Because in Lashon Kaidish, that's not what hate means. It says by Shoal, Koilea el hasaira veloi yechta. You know what that means? He, used to, he was an archer. Koilea el hasaira they use it even in modern uh, Hebrew. Kalela Saida means he always hit the target by a hair breath, not even a hair off, which means he always got it. He never missed. It's not just one, I found one example. You look through Tamach. Batsheva, uh, Batsheva, does anybody here learns Tamach? Batsheva tells David Amelech if Adoy Niyohu usurps the crown, it was just in the Haftar of Chayesara, Vahoya Ani Ubni Shloima. Chatoim. What does Chatoim mean? If Adinio becomes king, we're going to be sinners? No. Basically, it means we're going to miss out. We're going to be missing and missing basically life. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill his, his competitor. We're going to be missing. We're going to be missing completely, you know, when the, when, when the mafia is finished with somebody. So, Chet means missing the purpose? Missing the target. You missed the target. Chet, when we talk about a Chet, somebody sings it, it actually is missing his purpose. Yeah, that, that's part of it, yeah. You're missing the purpose, you missed the target, yeah. You're basically distracting yourself from reality. 
That's what every chet is. Every chet is trying to numb some form of anxiety by thinking that through this chet, consciously or unconsciously, I'm going to be able to either be happy or or solve my problems or or find my real joy. Huh? Or not feel the pain. That's what basically it is. So I'm, I'm completely missing the target. It's a form of... of um, of so, of um, somnia. It's a form of uh, what's the word when? Uh, it, it's a form of it's a comatose state a little bit. Ain't other Gemara says What does the Gemara mean? What every person doesn't have a shaita is an idiot and a meshugana. Rishlokish says it. It's a mesechta shaita in the beginning. The pshat is. If all the books were open in front of you, before any Aveda you did, if you, if, if you sat and you were in a very calm and reflective state, right? And you could see all of reality very, very clearly. It would never have, you would never do it. You would never do it. There's a Ruach Shtus. There's something that has to, there's some folly. Shtus is a folly. Some Shtus that has to... Ignore, repress, there's, cover up. There's also been straying for the path. Like yeah, same thing. Like same you know, straying, exactly. What was the lesson that Bashar used? If Adinayahu becomes the king, we're going to be chatoyim. She doesn't mean sinners. Every chet is that nikkud. Why was it, why was it in, a, in, a, in a plural? Because me and my son. So we ourselves will be. Happy. Both of us will be missing, will be. <laughs> lacking, lacking, yeah, it's a lack. Sometimes it's a lack of opportunity. Sometimes, sometimes you miss an opportunity. You know, you're forfeit an opportunity. This was your moment. You missed it. A person has a temptation, right? This was your moment. Don't miss the opportunity. I once said the word from the Maori Nayim, the Bnachem Chernobyler says. The Gemara says in Yuma, Habal Taher Mesayin Loi, Habal Tame Poischin Loi. So literally, it's pshat is when you're coming to cleanse yourself, the Rebbeinu Shlilam helps you. When you come to be metama yourself, he opens the doors. <laughs> he doesn't lock the door, he opens the door, because <laughs> We did a whole shit about Menashe and this. Right? One of the game changers, yeah? <laughs> so he says, Habalatai, if you're coming to do a good thing, Messiah is going to help you. Habalatame. When you're coming to be metama yourself, meaning you're having this, these temptations or these feelings, whatever it is, these thoughts. So you have to know that from heaven, they just opened up your, what he puts it, they opened up your gate to Ruach HaKadosh. This is your psicha. This is your opportunity now. In other words, it's not like God is devoid from, from like we spoke last time at length, God is devoid from temptation. It's just now you're in the place of Tumma and Klippa. Now your real colors came out. That you're a piece of garbage and filth. Fakert. Einoid Mulvada means not that the Aveir is holy, not that you should go do the Aveir, the Chas V'Sholem. what they mean is that he's in the temptation because it's very, this challenge that can bring you awareness and can bring you to, but what he puts it at the beginning of Pischuli Sharei Tzedek. It's your Pesach. This is your entryway to wholesomeness. So you say, what do you mean this is my entryway? This is the worst temptation that a human being ever had. You know what I'm doing? You know what I'm going through? You know what I'm going through? This is, this is the worst of the worst. Halavaya would never have it. 
Okay, there's no mitzvah to go to a place with this temptation. Fakert, you're not allowed to. But when it comes, a person has to know that this is their Pesach. This is their entry to connectedness. It's not an invitation to go to purgatory. It's an invitation to come closer. I'm speaking to you through this. Like every powerful idea, it could be misconstrued. And it has been misconstrued in history by people who... uh, who distorted ideas of the Arizal, ideas of the Baal Tev, ideas of, of Pnei Satira. The greatest the debacle happened by Shapsi Tzvi, who used Kabbalistic ideas to justify Koldova Asr. And even after he converted to Islam, his Talmudim, Yaakov Frank and the Frankistan, uh, created uh, wreaked havoc in the Jewish world by using these concepts of God is everywhere, and the sparks everywhere, and they said that Mashiach has to convert to Islam in order to take out the sparks from the Islamic religion. So once you go there, then as it says, which, by the way, was one of the reasons that there was such suspicion in the next generations to any such type of conversation, because the argument was, and the argument has merit, keep things black and white, and it's a safer it's a safer environment, you know. Children need black and white. Don't make complicated, don't assume that they can appreciate complex ideas. This is black, this is white, and the two never cross over. The next generation you're referring to is the generation in which Hasidus was... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just one, one of, uh, just an important point to bring out. Now, so, this is the short answer to your question. What a chetas. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's a git. That's what we're going to discuss. What did the Dara Flogger miss? So when somebody thinks that Elikim is really Master Hashem Avaya, so now it's a choice. Either you're in this world, or you're in this world. And as they say, the two can't meet. The two can't converge. Because this blocks this. As we say, it's either me or you. It can't be together. Too many chefs spill the pot. Either you're running the kitchen, or I'm running the kitchen. So you can be in this state, you can be in the other state. What is this contradiction? If Shema Lekim is really mastered on Shema Vayim, and Mele Yachsha, if Shekol HaNasa Bo'elum, and Shema Lekim Atzma. So that means, if Shema Lekim is here, Havaya is relegated to another realm. Because this blocks this. In other words, there's a real Hester, there's a real concealment. This is not here. It's not at least not manifested in any way. At least that I have no access to it. So a male of the world and everything that happens in the world is a representation, is a result of Shem Alekim. Now it's very important when we say Shem Alekim, Shem Avaya, especially people who grew up with these types of expressions, never to get stuck in the marshal. Always the nimshal. When we say everything comes from Shem Alekim, it doesn't mean everything comes... We sometimes think the letters, Aleph, Lamed, Hey, Yud, Mem. Yes, it's those letters. But there's an energy that we're talking about. It would basically, we're talk, you have to always see these things as a muscle for a state of consciousness, for a state of Ashkafa, for a certain energy. The word, we, we need words to express ideas, because that's the only way we can express ideas. Alekim and Avaya are words that are expressing full perspectives of life and beyond. Right, so we say, it comes from Shem Elikim, it comes from Shem Avaya. Don't only hear the words, it comes from these four letters, it comes from these five letters. Elikim is a representation of an entire consciousness. 
And Havaya is a representation of an entire consciousness or beyond. Is that different from the concept of Tzimtzum Kipshuta that we were learning? Or is there, is there... No, this is where we're getting at. Right? Don't spoil, don't spoil the plot. Right, yeah. so You're giving a sneak preview. They're not going to come, they're not going to come to the viewing. What, that, I don't understand what the hate what they, what they, what they, what they, what they, the was. That, but I'll wait since I don't want to. Okay. That was my question, but I also don't want to spoil. He says here, Should we go so far as to interpret what he's saying, that if you hold, not to spoil, <laughs> that if you hold Simshim Kipshuto, then you're sitting with the sin of the Daraflota? That's the logical reductio, but he's, uh, mm. that is that's what you're saying. That's what I'm wondering. Is that, does he say that if you have that Pachgafen and Hasidus, then you're chayim the sin of the Torah Yeah, yeah. No, no, as I told you. I mean, so far he's talking about names, but there are religions that address Kodesh Baruch Hu only with. Uh, Elo, who is uh, named Elohim. Mm-hmm. They don't even know how I am. They don't know even. So. No, no, the shit of Tzimtzum Kipshutai, as I told you, was maintained by by, by very great, great giants, by Gdoli Yisrael, even from the Talmudim of the Arizal themselves, so the next generation or two generations later, the greatest was the Mishnah's Chassidim. So we always have to be sensitive to that. Okay, so we have to explain a little more. I'm not going to do it right now. What was the shit of Tzimtzum Kipshuta? It's not uh, Stam. Uh, they would never, the you would never find. Yeah, also. I know, I know. We learned it. We learned it here. Only because your words were that your words were right, no right. access to it. So that's Tzimtzum Kipshuta is I have no access to it. That's and and there's a connection, but. We're very careful. We're not going to say that those who held some some kibshuta in the chet of their haflaga. It's not. Uh, there's, uh, you know. The lachet. I, mean, I, I wasn't implying that. I was saying it's to be done. You know, no, no, I understand. In court, you would say it. In court, you would hold me guilty for it. But this, thank God, I'm not in court. <laughs> right. Right. There's an expression we're going to be discussing it that there was a philosophy the Nevi'im lament So literally it means God abandoned the earth in other words the earth has nothing to do with God but he says the Lashon that the Nevi'im used was Azav Havaya, Havaya is Yudke Vovke. Instead of writing Yudke Vovke, he always writes Havaya. That's just the uh, terminology. Ozav Havaya means always Yudke Vovke versus Elikim. Ozav Havaya, Saritz. That Havaya has abandoned the earth. And it's not because that he doesn't acknowledge this Havaya or Elikim. No, it's just that Elikim is a Hester and Havaya. So either you're in here or you're here. Which is what every machloikas is predicated on. Which, by the way, is not just true when it comes to the world. The expression in Gemara and Erev in Dafyud Gimel is Elu Elu Divrei Eloi Kimchai. In Masech the Sanhedrin, the Gemara discusses 
that Dover Amalek, the Gemara, there's a lotion about Dover Amalek, Vahashem Imoi, Vahavaya Imoi, Vahyutke Vahavaya Imoi, again, Yutke Vahavke Imoi. So the Gemara says, what's that Vahavaya Imoi? Shaul saw that God is with him. What does it mean God was with him? He's with everybody. Zog the Gemara, Shahalacha Kemoisoi Bechol Makam. That Halacha is like him. That doesn't mean God with him. The Balatanya says, because Elu Veelu Divrele Kimchayim, Vahavaya Imoi, Shahalacha Kemoisoi Bechol Makam. Every shita in halo, every shita is is divrelekim chayim. It's an expression of a lekim, and because there's a lekim, there can be machlokes. And we're talking here about machlokes in, in holiness, machlokes in entire. And you say it's divrelekim chayim, and a lekim is always lashon rabim. Rashi says a lekim is the only name of Hashem that is not in the singular. It represents multiplicity, which is very tra- strange, to the point that you can even use it not for Hashem, like Elikim Loi Sekalel, according to Machlekes Atanoyim, Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Kiva, but according to uh, Rabbi Shmuel, it's Bezdin, Elikim, uh, judges. Huh? Elikim Achedim, yeah, of course. So Elikim, it says in Torah, when you say Elikim, it means the Koiches, so the different Koiches that there exist. So Divri Elikim Chaim, it's a manifestation of Elikim. Then there's Halacha. Halacha is one path. Halacha's root is connected to Yudke Vavke, which is beyond the Lekim. Which means, of course, that Halacha is not just choosing one path over the other. There's differences in Halacha also. Huh? There's differences in Halacha also. Yeah. From every Machloikas, there's a Halacha. There could be a Machloikas, what Halacha is. That's what I'm saying. Fight. <laughs> so it's Vaita Lekim. The concept of halacha means there's one verdict. We could fight what that verdict was. Levi or Albi or fine. But the concept of halacha is bringing it all down to oneness. So when we speak about halakim and avaya, it goes to very, very subtle places as well. It's not always in brute places. And that's the concept when we speak about the der haflagim. You have the way things come down in the most concrete level, but like everything, you can also trace it back to very subtle Deviations and distortions between Avaya and Elikim. That's a very important idea. So, was it on Elikay, Abraham Elikay, in the singular fight? Well, over there you're talking about one person. You can't say Elikim, Elikay of Avram, Elikay Yitzchak, Elikay Yaakov. Maybe by them, maybe by then it was the, the uh, uh, understanding of uh, Hashem was so great that it. Christ. So, Amela, what happens now is when a person observes concealments and blockages, this becomes the Iker. This becomes the defining experience because the Hester of Elikim and Avaya, the way it translates into life is that when a person is experiencing any form of concealment, the concealment becomes the defining reality. That's what he sees. Which the result of that is that the person starts living from an external perspective. The person dedicates himself, his entire way, his MO, he gives himself over to to an external way of how the world runs. Which prevents him and blocks him from a, a a very deep, exciting relationship with with God, who I hepech legamri miyichud havaya velakim she ain't shum dover master klal. 
This is the antithesis of the idea that Havaya and Elikim are one, meaning ain't shum dover master kla. There's nothing, nothing ever that blocks. You could think that it blocks. When we say ain't shum dover master kla, it's, it's, it's something that has to be taught. In other words, ain't shum dover master kla doesn't mean it's easy. Ain't shum dover master kla is that's the truth. Because a person can fall into the world of Astara. That's, that, 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 will, that would be a very common experience as part of the Hele Manhasta, as part of Elikim. But the truth is that ain't shum dava master klal, there's nothing ever, ever, ever that blocks. So a person says, what do you mean? You know how many blockages I have? <laughs> I am Mr. Blockage. Yeah, I am. This is master, and this is master, internal, external, emotional, psychological, my past, my present, my future. That's all a machshava that's coming from the Raflaga, from Machloikas. All machloikis essentially is a place of disunity. There's no unity. And the reason there's no unity is because I separated Elikim from Avaya. So we shouldn't see it as, as Hester. So in that experience, should we see it as Elikim or should we see it as Shem Havaya behind them? What, what is our <laughs> challenge? <laughs> to see Elikim, which is the same Lamaisa as Havaya? Oh, very good. So you're asking, so what's the calling? Is the calling to see Elikim? Or is the calling to see Avaya? And the answer is, the calling is to see that it's the same thing. <laughs> That's the calling. The calling is to see that it's the same thing. Which means two things. It means no escapism. Because if you're escaping, then what are you doing? Then you're also denying the Yichud of Hashem and Alakim. Escapism is also denying the Yichud. Escaping means straight to Avaya. So to speak. It usually means straight to cocaine, but yeah. <laughs> and that's a chayin, yeah. I mean, I didn't mean it uh, so, uh, it just came out. But it means, what I mean is... Strike that from the record. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you hear the from the court records. Just strike that out. <laughs> too, too early in the morning. So if you could use a, a substance like the Indians for a religious purpose, that's, that's, that would be a, uh, a voidless behavior that is... <laughs> That is something that denies reality, correct? Very often. Escapism, but there's also holy escapism. Holy escapism means I can't deal with this. So the story that a person has about Yes, yes. You're right. Yes, yes. You're saying, well, every escapism is based on a story. And the story is that there's a machloikis between Havaya and Elikin. So on one hand, escapism, mm-hmm. although it seems like much pro- more promising, as he says, run to Avaya, right? But that's also a denial of Yichud Avaya Velikim, because it means this is hopeless. This is Hester, I go there, or I don't come down here. That's one level. On another level, it means not to escape, but to reveal Avaya here. To reveal that the Elikim is Havaya. And another way of escaping to be completely into Elikim. Also one way. One way is to be completely into Elikim is also escaping. That's, 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 
That's 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 separate. That's separate. That's separating. That that's again separating a vayav That's the natural way. Maybe escaping this Certainly not a way of life. Of course, yes, of course. If there's a bear chasing you, you should escape. When I'm not talking, everything, every midah that Basilis Yisharim brings, a lot of Sifrei Musa, different midahs can be used in different places in a very good way. That's why it's also here in the world, right? I'm not saying, sometimes you have to escape. The Gemara says, Abereyach min right? So somebody asked me, saw Salanta, said, I've been running away from COVID all my life, and it never reached me. He says, because you keep on turning around. <laughs> you keep on turning around to see when it's arriving. You have to run without looking. Don't look back. <laughs> Just say, like they used to teach us in Brooklyn when we saw a dog. <laughs> it was the worst thing when you saw a dog. He said, don't look back. So the my, so when I say escapism, sometimes you have to escape, of course. And when we speak about that God exists in temptations, there's an expression in Tanya. He says, "Al Meaning, you have to be in a very uh, clear place in order to be able to be myla temptation to be able to submit. When you're in the thicket of it, you're usually overwhelmed, and then there's only one Eitzah. And the Eitzah is escape. Move. Just get away. Just do something else. Don't try to be now the Masakin of the cosmos. <laughs> you know why? Because in that process, you know where you're going to end up. The Eitzahara is very, very clever. And the Eitzahara uses spiritual ideas very well in order to entice people. So one has to be extremely conscientious of who they are and where they are and not become romantic suddenly when the guy is an addict. You're speaking more of escapism as a cop-out. Right. Escapism as a philosophy in life, as a perspective, not escapism in the moment. Sometimes that's the only way. Very often you have to escape. You have to run. Bereich There's an expression of Chazal, Bereich there's a beautiful vart. I think it comes from Simcha Binim of Pshischa. I think I saw it in Siach Sarfei Kodesh. So he says over there that uh, when Aishas Poitifar uh, speaks to Yosef and she tries to entice him, so he, he, he responds first, Vayimayin. He says, No, but he explains. And he says, Eich Your husband gave over everything to me. Everything in this house he gave to me. Kiyim, besides halechem asher oichel. Rashi says his own marriage. That I'm not allowed to touch. How can I betray your husband? He give me everything. And then he adds two words. V'chatasi le'elikim. He now starts talking about Hashem too. V'shtavaye ba'elikim. V'chatasi le'elikim. I'm going to sin to God. You're not allowed You're married. So the Siach Sarfi Kedesh, I think it was the Pshischa, the God says, you should have said even stronger. You're also, it's before Matan Taira, but the Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Noyach, Ketzamachlaikis is an head of a Davak, Beishtaira, Belazar. But Yosef was also before Matan Taira. I get the Shaila, Nayan. Why? 
entice her more. It's much better. Tell her it's, it's your chet also. It's not like you're tzaddik and I'm going to be the rasha. You're also going down the drain in this process. You're also going to kill your soul. Should have been much more. He didn't think of this, right? So you know what he answered? No, what's the answer? Because he didn't get there, he ran away. Even deeper. No, just like a snake. You know, said we should touch it. Nothing will happen. Yeah, but she's a person. Shalom, Mrs. Bnei Noach. So you know, he says something unbelievable. It's unbelievable in Avoida. You see how people were real honest with themselves. Called honesty. He says, Yosef knew that if he puts him and her together, even in a word, v'chaton nu, it's the beginning of the end. V'chaton <laughs> nu, it's already a shidduch. There's already a shidduch. V'chaton nu, we're already a chavrusa. He wouldn't even put her together morally to say, we're both going to sin to God. No, no, I'm going to be sinning to God. That was part of what he was telling her. He would not give in even on the v'chaton as I once, uh, I once, uh, there was a bacher who got a little involved with uh, Zabel Khan used to tell us, Bachurim Vegam. He got involved <laughs> when he wanted to speak uh, about these things. He'd say, Bachurim Vegam. Okay. So, uh, so, uh, so I spoke to him, the Talmud of Mark. She says, We learned Parshat Shavua together. What's <laughs> most you talk about God together. Even when you talk about God, if it's together, you're going to get in trouble. It's going to start with Elikim. It's not going to end with Elikim. It's going to end with the Dairaf Loga. So this is the precaution that a person has to have. I think I may have told you. There's a Poisek in Yerushalayim, Rabbi Kusil Farkash. He's a big Poisek. He wrote many Svarim, Tarek Halacha, Shabbos Halacha, Chalamoyed Kil he was a yid from Toldus Aden, from uh, from the Toldus Aden Chavra. Uh, Dudi, some of you know Dudi is uh, his prized son. So Reb Kusi is a big balalacha. He shared once a story. I don't know if it comes from the Toldus Aden or from. It's a mice. It's a sharp mice. That there was uh, in Poland. There was what they called a good yid, a good Jew, like a tzaddik. They called him a holy Jew, and he was a widower. And he was an older man. He was hitting 90, 80, 90. And he needed help. So they had a bocher, yeshiva bocher, to be a ben bias. There was also a Polish maid who would clean the house. And one night, the bocher needed to do an errand. So he told this holy Jew, I'm leaving for 20 minutes. I'll be back. And he goes, 20 minutes. It wasn't 20 minutes. 20 minutes was an hour, two hours. He comes back and he sees that this Rebbe is outside of the house. It was a freezing Polish winter night. And he's trembling. He says, Rebbe, why are you outside? He says, Yichot, the maid is there. I can't be in the house myself. So I came out. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I thought you were going to stay inside. Why didn't you tell me? He said, I didn't want to stop you from doing your errand, because I know it's probably important. But I couldn't stay in the house. I was outside. He said, 20 minutes. I thought, Nishka Ferlech. Well, it took an hour, two hours, but fine, let's go back in. So he says, Rebbe, I have an honest question to ask you. Let's face it. You're considered a holy guy, and you're hitting 90. You know, you're not a person, an 18-year-old spring chicken. You're hitting 90. You'll forgive me, I'll just tell you how they said over the story. 
He says, Du bist an alter Schwachheit. You're an old weak man. Yeah. Sie ist a polische Miese Schickse Zibitzik. She's a 70 year old and she's not considered Miss America. Not the most beautiful person in the world. What exactly are you worried about? What are you worried about? I don't see the issue. So he says, Herzechaim Bachero. Ich mit meinem Zahara. In fünf Minuten werde ich jung und sie schön. With my Yetzirah, in five minutes, I become young and she becomes beautiful. That's Pshat on Erlachit. What's an Erlachit? Huh? Somebody who's aware. Somebody who's aware. The Gemara says, Eina Petrupus Larias. There's nobody. Don't make anybody in charge, because your guarantor also needs a guarantor. This is called awareness of human weaknesses that honest people have. And they don't use spiritual romanticism or psychological insecurities or cover-ups to cover up on it. That is always a premise, very important in any real conversation about serving God and doing the right thing. Because without this... You know, people in the name of, of, of the most spiritual ideas have done horrible things. It's called spiritual narcissism. You're a, you're a spiritual person, but you're a narcissist. It becomes like, you know, you create this God that you want to create, and if you need to use some nice concept, you use nice concepts. So Yosef says, no, 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 no. We're not, I'm not giving you a Musr Shmoz here. This is not a yeshiva where I'm giving you a Muslim shmos. V'chotonu. This is not a sesame tshuva. V'chotosi. I'm out of here. <laughs> You'll figure out what you got to do. Huh? It's not just chayecha koidman. This would have been the trap. Fashtest. Eishas Batifa would say, really? Let's fabreng about that. Zayme mazbe v'chotonu. Okay, shoyn. Right? We're, we're together. Once that happens, you're done. So why, did they, why is the issue of just in the door on Forga versus the, what they already said about Mitzrayim and Haplaga? Isn't that a spiritual narcissism, an issue in every door? Yeah, that's what I said. Why the Dari Haplaga? All the Chatoim of Sefer Bereshis, generally of Tanakh, but especially of the first Parshias, are... Um, Archetypes, they're yesoides, they're paradigms. So that's, a, that's, a, that's an archetype for, for a certain type for, of... For, for historical events to this day, then. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Okay, now I get it. The Torah is using the language which is exactly opposite of the chet. Amichot, loshnechot, almost like levichot. Because they're taking themselves out. Oh, but it's, it's like they were in unity. And yet... They were in Excellent question. L'chayre, it says that they were unified. That's a very good question. And the answer is that every unity that divorces Havaya from Elikim ultimately becomes futile. It's a unity that's not including, it's not encompassing reality. You understand what I'm saying? Every unity that doesn't include Havaya and Elikim is short-lived because the Achtos has to be an Achtos that really encompasses reality. But you have to recognize the it's a more dangerous thing. It's, it's, you have to recognize that Havayahu Elakim. So that means two things. Two things. It means that there's Elakim. Because if there's no Elakim, then Havayah is not Elakim. Then you're part of the issue. And this is where we'll see. 
you have two opposite approaches, they're really the same. The approach that says, there's only Havaya, we live in Havaya, not in Elikim. And the approach that surrenders into the Hester of Elikim are really based on one mistake, even though they run in two opposite directions. What's the mistake? The mistake is that Havaya and Elikim are enemies. So therefore, Elikim is the enemy. So you have to go to Havaya, or the opposite, Elikim becomes the only reality. I'm talking here Elikim, not the real Elikim. Elikim, the way it becomes a Hester. You understand what I'm saying? You have to say these two words also. Yosef might have told her, we'll miss the target of Elikim, but the message in Elikim. Chatosil Elikim. We're going to miss Elikim. I'm going to miss the target. So that's the word, that when you see Elikim as a Hester, it's not shot you detach from Havaya, you also detach from Elikim. Because Elikim is not a Hester. You lost Elikim. Means when you use the machshavas of Tumah as an invitation to become Tame, you're not only failing yourself, you're failing the nitzutzes of the machshava. You're failing the God of the machshava. Because there's a lakus malubash in the machshava, in the temptation, inviting you to growth. And when you give into it, you didn't only fail Havaya, you failed the Lakim. You fail the Hester too, because the Hester is really just a conversation, it's a language, it's a channel for Gilu. Why is that? Why, there, why, is there, why do we have the Hay in here if there, if there, if there, if there is a one? That's, why is it no, because that's the word. It's, it's a Chiddush. In other words, the mistake of Der HaFlaga was a mistake that, that, that is based on a perception of reality that may be intuitive. But Moshe has to teach the Jewish people v'yadaita intellectually and emotionally v'yadaita You have to know and you have to bring it to your heart because instinctively one could perceive the exact opposite. It's not something that is blessed. Right. Yes, exactly. So his point about Achdus, to your point about Achdus, this was even worse because this was a communal spiritual narcissism. Yes. This was not. This was yes. under the guise of Achdus. Yes. 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 There's an Achdus. I mean, you see, you know, you've seen in history people unite, but it's a unity that's. Uh, yeah, it's short-lived because it's not based on uh, socialism. Is a form of Achdus. Right? Great idea. Great idea. No ownership. It's great achtos. But it, uh, it's not sustainable. Because uh, some of us are more equal than others. And then what happens is just manipulation. And and uh, I don't have to tell you uh, about socialism. How is kind ever able to Thank you for your question. Okay. I know that you mentioned about Hashem Kuhu Elohim. I think Ha Elohim means the sum total of all the different rays. Excellent. Excellent. Havayahu Ha Elohim. Why it says Ha Elohim. So he's saying the summation of all Elohims. Very nice. Right. The. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes.
make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.